Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked on Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase alongside Gino Camilleri joining you on this Thursday edition of the show. It's episode number four this week of five. Downloaded into your phone when you subscribe to Locked on Eagles wherever you get your podcasts. We are available on all platforms and we're also going to be on YouTube Pretty soon, so be sure to keep a lookout for those videos. We're going to be doing live stuff on StreamYard, on Twitter, and YouTube weekly now as we gear up for the 2021 NFL Draft. And after that as well, me and Gino, once we dive into video, we're not going to go back. We're going to be doing that so you can see our ugly mugs talking about the Eagles. Gino, what's up, man? Welcome on the show, brother. Yeah, I can't wait for that, so I actually have to look prepared every time I do a show. Can't just show up in sweatpants (laughs) every time. Right? I know. I can't dress like the bum I do normally when we do the show. (laughs) Podcasts are no longer just audio, man. I know, man. We're moving into a new generation, but no, it's nice, and we'll be uh, kicking into high gear soon enough, mm-hmm. but man, you know what today is, right? No, what's that? Two weeks away from the draft, brother. Oh, exactly. we're officially two, two weeks away. Weeks yeah, away. <laughs> man, I cannot. I can't wait. We got two weeks, and we're going to be going live throughout the draft, and there's still a lot of unknown with the Eagles at 12. We kind of have a good idea, but at the same time, you like we've been saying pretty much every episode, Gino, you just really... Never know. And uh, yesterday, make sure you guys check out yesterday's show. It was a lot of fun. We talked about my guy prospects that me and Gino like a whole lot more than maybe the consensus does. NFL teams do, draft analysts, fans alike. So go check out that podcast. We've done three other ones on any podcast platform. And then before we talked about that on the show, Gino, in segment one, we kind of got into Eagles draft bus of the 2010s that we were really big on, that we thought could be stars. Of course, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Sidney Jones, Ja'Cory Shepard was a big, uh, had a big following back in 2013 or 2014. So we were talking about busts, right, and people kind of brought up certain names. And there was a couple trolls that brought up Carson Wentz. But then I also saw today there was a discussion throughout Eagles Twitter talking about Wentz and when it comes to like labeling busts, right? Because somebody even yesterday said Nelson Aguilar. And I'm like, well, I mean, for what Aguilar was supposed to be, I guess you could call him a bust, but the guy did have nine catches in the Super Bowl and he was your deep threat in your championship season. And he also had a really good year and a deep run in 2018. So again, it's kind of like this discussion of what is considered who is considered a bust. And I guess it really is up for interpretation and they kind of use this graphic I saw. I forget who it was. It was some NFL insider talking about Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, like trading up for quarterbacks and maybe why you shouldn't. And they used Wentz and Goff as this basis. And Gino, I just think it's misplaced to use Carson Wentz as a reason why you don't give up a lot of assets for a quarterback in the first round. And I don't think while, yeah, Wentz, I mean, it didn't last nearly as long as it should have, right? It should have lasted 10-plus years, so it was a failure at the end, mostly because of the Eagles. I wouldn't say it was because of Carson. But at the same time, like they won a championship in large part because of Carson Wentz getting you a bye week and apparently saving Doug Peterson and Frank Wright's job after 2016. So while, yeah, you wanted 10-plus good years with Wentz as your quarterback consistently making the playoffs and competing for championships, 
to me, that one season and what he contributed to weighs more than, like, let's say, for example, what Matt Stafford ever did with the Lions. So would you rather have that consistency at quarterback, but you're winning nine games and you don't, I don't think Stafford, he didn't win a single playoff game in Detroit, or would you rather have that one magical year where Wentz helps you win a title? I mean, it, he got you, that pick got you what it was meant for, a championship. That pick represented you being done with good and going for great. So I don't agree with the Wentz bus talk, and I think using that as an example of what not to do in the draft I think is kind of misplaced. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't even know this was a thing, that he's a bust. Right, it I was mean, a big you, debate today on Twitter. I'm glad I missed it, but yeah. <laughs> you don't win that Super Bowl without him. Like, what are we even talking about here? Like, the we have to understand what the term bust means. Like, a bust is a guy like Danny Watkins who's out of the NFL right. within two years. And like, a lot of it's on bust. him, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah, Jamarcus Russell's a bust. Right, Marcus Carson Smith Wentz is a bust. a bust. Yeah, Marcus Smith <laughs> is a bust. Exactly. But Car- what are we talking about? It's it's like when you hear the term elite and you hear the term bust. Like you got to find the middle. Like there's not as many elite players as we think, and there's not as many bad players as we think in terms of bust. And especially in Philadelphia e- Eagles tenure, since I've been a fan in in the last twenty years or so. I mean, you can only think of. How many early round busts for this team, Lou? Maybe right. four or five. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, revisionist history is is everything when it comes to being right. I mean, at the time, you can't really say a guy's a bust when he goes out there and has an MVP season for you and brings you into the playoffs three consecutive seasons. I, I, don't, right. I don't understand that at all. No, I don't either. And again, I guess. It's kind of like the Nelson Aguilar thing for what Wentz was was supposed to be. He was supposed to be your quarterback for a decade plus. In that way, sure, yeah. it didn't work out with what you envisioned. It, it didn't. It was a failure in that sense. Would you rather but, have Philip Rivers' career or right. what Carson Wentz? Had Carson Wentz, and that's what I'm saying, man. I'm looking at yeah. a Super Bowl ring right now on my desk that has Wentz's name on the side. And you, while he didn't finish the job. As we've said over and over again, and a lot of people have said, you don't win that championship without Carson Wentz for multiple reasons. So that draft pick, giving up all that ammo, all those draft picks, was worth it because it got you a championship. It did what but it did was supposed really to did they really even give up that much, Lou? Think about it. Get those picks back in the indie trade. Sure. You're basically yep. back to even, essentially. And Cleveland like did really- nothing with those picks, by the way. No teams yeah. that ever get all those draft picks, the Rams, the Browns, right, the RG3 trade, it really never works out for that team anyway. So having all these draft picks, especially for Howie Roseman anyway, I don't think really mattered. And it, and it didn't. It got you what it was meant to do. It didn't get you the long-term success you wanted, but it was, again, Gino, it was the pick that represented we're done with these stopgap quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. We're done going six, seven straight years without winning a playoff game. We're going to try to be great, and it's what it did. Even if it was only for a year, that year was a title. It weighs more than 10 to 15 good years. And so that's why I don't think it's a bust, and that's why you should never use Wentz as an example of what not to do in a draft. No, and I wouldn't even say that about Jared Goff either, Lou. I mean, he brought them to the Super Bowl. Sure. It didn't help that your coach literally befuddled himself in that game and didn't help your quarterback. But at the same time, like when you're thinking bust, you're thinking like Ryan Leaf. Like right. guys just like cannot that. play in the NFL, and it's a lot of it because of that player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Wentz is the farthest thing from a bust, but he, I mean, at the same time, he's not what we thought he was in 2017 he's somewhere in the middle and Mm -hmm. 
quite like a lot of these guys. As much as I wasn't the largest proponent of Nelson Aguilar, he wasn't a bust. Right. I mean, he was part of that Super Bowl team. Jordan Matthews, for example, like, are you going to call him a bust because he didn't make his second contract? I wouldn't say so. 100%, man. And so that was a big thing on Twitter today. And I'm kind of glad for your own uh, mental health that you avoided that because it was. I was setting up the studio with some uh, jerseys and to make it a nice. That sounds a lot more fun, man. That sounds a (laughs) lot more fun. Sick of crazy season, bro. I'm ready for yeah. the draft to happen so we can debate something new. A couple weeks before the draft is normally when people kind of start going insane, and so that was yeah. happening today on Twitter. Coming up next on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, I was thinking about this as well, Gino, based on the draft, trying to tie it into the current roster. Like, who has the most to lose on the Eagles based on what they do in the draft? Could a certain draft pick really cost a player their job or their long-term future with the Eagles? That's what we're going to get into coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and to maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for more important things. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership when chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers out there, while rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. They're a family business that's been serving auto part customers online now for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and make sure you write down Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, welcome back into this Thursday edition of the Locked on Eagles podcast. Guys, after the show, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast, hosted by Peter Bukowski, who updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Gino, as you mentioned in segment one, the draft is just two weeks away from today. We are exactly two weeks away. April 29th is the first round of the NFL draft in Cleveland, Ohio. And again, these picks could be long-term staples for the Eagles. Parts of your long-term core, whether it's at receiver, cornerback, edge rusher, linebacker, safety, you name it. The Eagles need a lot of help. Offensive line, they could use pieces at every position. And so what I started thinking about was the pieces you already have on the roster, or at least some potential pieces, right? Some question marks. We've done this before on this show where we talked about some young players that could have a future here, but it's kind of make or break at time. And maybe they don't get that opportunity based on who the Eagles draft. Gino, based on a draft pick the Eagles could make in the first round or the second round, or even I could say the third round too. Normally, third round picks are supposed to be starters at least. What player that's on the team currently could have their status with the Eagles really made based on what they do or broken with certain draft picks. Like who's a guy that if a certain position gets taken in the draft, there goes their job potentially long-term. I think you can say every cornerback not named Darius Slay. Right. I think right now you have nothing etched in stone. I mean, going into last season, we had an idea that Avante Maddox was the favorite there. The mm-hmm. year before that, they had that combination where they're like, okay, we'll toss Avante Maddox, Sidney Jones, and uh, Jalen Mills, and they'll recycle that little unit that they had there. And now we're sitting here, and it's like, okay, we have Darius Slay, but beyond that, what is there? And if you go out there and you take J.C. Horn 
immediately. Right. All those guys are CB3 and beyond at that point. Well, what if you double dip? Yeah, true. And we were talking about that yesterday in terms of the slot cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. You can undeniably get one in day three that could start or at least compete to start at that position where you lost Nickel Roby Coleman and we lost Strap. Like, I don't think people are talking about that enough. We need a starting slot cornerback in Philadelphia. We need a starting number two cornerback in Philadelphia. It is everything to lose for everybody but Darius Slay here. I mean, Avante Maddox should come in hungry to camp next year, and hopefully bringing in more cornerbacks will help that competition bring that unit to what it should be when you have an all-pro player as your number one guy. Yeah, Avante Maddox has been given so many opportunities to be either the starting slot corner or the CB2 Geno on the outside, but he really, let's be real, he hasn't been good since that 2018 stretch down uh, the final five, six weeks of the season. He was really, really good. He was your best corner on a playoff team, but since then, he's been given opportunities by Jim Schwartz, and he really just has not taken advantage of them. So if they go in, and definitely if they take one, he's not going to be your starting outside guy, but if they take two cornerbacks, because right now, if you draft J.C. Horn, you can still make the case for Avante Maddox being the slot corner because they haven't brought in any veterans either. But if they draft two guys or if they draft one and sign a veteran, Avante might be out of opportunity. So cornerback's a good one. And you mentioned double-dipping, Gino. Right now, a receiver, if they double-dip there, again, I don't think they're going to double-dip at both receiver and corner, although I'd be up for it. I think they might choose to do one or the other. If they do that at receiver... That would be really bad news for Travis Fulgham, Quez Watkins, and John Hightower because much like corner, if you take Devontae Smith or you trade back into the first round and take Terrace Marshall, yeah, that could be one of your starters and Jalen Rager is the other. But we talked about slot receiver a lot yesterday and how that third receiver spot, there's going to be some battles in the summer. But not if, hypothetically, you take Devontae Smith and then at 37 you say, let's do it again. Let's take one of the Moore brothers, Elijah Moore or Rondale Moore. At that point, Fulgham, Quez, Hightower, Greg Ward, they'd be battling for wide receiver four in special teams work. That's the thing when I look at it, Lou. Uh, You could go committee by committee at a lot of these positions and say the same thing, which we said about a corner and wide receiver, but I totally agree. I mean, let's just say hypothetically you double dip and you, you trade back up, you grab Terrace Marshall later in the draft, you grab a guy like... Cade Johnson out of South Dakota State, or earlier you grab your boy Jalen Darden out of North Texas, you're putting the whole unit on alert, and you say you don't think there's a chance they double dip. Dude, they have 11 picks. It's hard not to. I mean, Oh, no, I I meant at the top, like the first three rounds. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, double dipping at one of them. Yeah, I I, I meant more so like with those first four picks. I don't think they'll go receiver corner, receiver corner. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, look at where you picked Quez and look at where you picked John Hightower. Right. So much like we're talking about Avante and the rest of the group there at corner needing to come in and compete, John Hightower and Quez Watkins should be the hungriest guys on the team oh, for sure. when it comes next year, especially if they draft one high, which we know that they'll probably do. And then you're right, Lou, like we should not see Greg Ward fielding punts, returning kicks, or playing meaningful minutes as your wide receiver number three. That just cannot happen after this draft. Yeah, and look, if if they take like uh, Jalen Darden in the third or fourth round, that's not it for Quez Watkins, John Hightower, Travis Fulgham. But let's say they do take 
two guys, if they double dip in the first mm-hmm. or second round and they do take hypothetically Devontae Smith and then go back for like Kadarius Tony, then yeah, those guys are not getting a starting spot because then like, you're like entrenched. what Denver did last year. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Great point. If the Broncos did what, if the Eagles do what the Broncos did, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, well, that's it. Cause you know, also Cortland Sutton, who this is your Cortland Sutton is Jalen Rager. He's got a spot too. So, yeah, receiver and corner, which we've been talking about a lot on the podcast, those two, uh, the players on the roster right now, it's pretty make-or-break time, and the draft could break it before they even get a chance to prove themselves on the field. Gino, another one, too, is pass rusher. You look at Derek Barnett. He's on a one-year deal right now, that fifth-year option worth $10 million, and it's kind of up in the air. It's like Barnett's only, what, still 24 years old. This is a former top 15 pick that consistently gets like five to six sacks a year. So he's shown a certain floor, but not a certain ceiling yet. And so this is kind of a make-or-break season for him, too, to kind of prove that he can be more and he deserves a contract extension. But if the Eagles, they could kind of tell what – they could kind of tip their hand if they went like, you know, Quiddy Pie or Jalen Phillips in the first round or they took somebody in the second round either. Like, let's say one of those Miami kids fall. That's kind of telling that Barnett's not going to see that next contract. Right. That's the the thing you have to look at. And we always say like it's indicative of what they do in free agency where they'll target in the draft. They go out in free agency. They sign a a safety. They target running back. They go linebacker. So now it's ever more evident that not signing a wide receiver or a cornerback, you're more likely to go and do that. And Mm -hmm. I think edge rusher as well. I mean, you have Derek Barnett on this one year contract. Same with Josh Sweat. Brandon Graham is just a couple years from retiring, mm-hmm. it seems like. You need to address that position. And much like we talk, I, I think competition for these guys that are in their contract years or can be cut next year, they have to come out and play. Like Derek Barnett, too, he needs to come out and play. Sweat needs to come out and play. But at the same time, you're right, Lou. You see them draft a guy like Aziz Ojolari. Right. Move back a couple spots in the first round. Yeah, Derek Barnett, you're on notice now, man. Like, you got to step it up this year. And it'll be interesting to see. I, I most likely would think they go wide receiver or corner, just mm-hmm. being at 12, but we don't know how the board falls. I mean, if JC Horn and Pat Sertain go right before that, and a lot of those wide receivers are picked up front, you might be for, not forced, like, you almost might be gifted into the best edge rusher in the class. Like, right. it could happen. And then at that point, I'm not signing Derek Barnett because, Gino, you saw some guys like Barnett production-wise and free agency kind of get overpaid. And so if you bring in – like I could could see the Eagles giving Barnett a contract extension next year if they take like a developmental pass rusher in the fourth or fifth round. And you know, like you said, Brandon Graham's a couple years away. And Josh Sweat, though, still taking another step hopefully in year four. But, you know, again, if they take one in the first round, I just can't imagine a scenario where they're also giving Derek Barnett a contract extension unless – He blows up in 2021. We'll continue to get into this conversation coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. But guys, first, a quick shout out from another one of our sponsors over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. I should say college basketball is over, but you've got the NBA, you've got the NHL, you've got draft props as well, the NFL draft in just two weeks, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, 
and reality TV. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Thursday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. Guys, April 19th through the 26th, make sure you listen to our Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts, including Gino and I, for every team across the league, are making trades and picking the next stars for our teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, but you can also find the podcast feed. you got to subscribe this year to an actual independent podcast feed. It's called The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, and you can get that on Odyssey or wherever you get your shows. And I think you're going to like the pick that me and Gino had at 12, but stay tuned for that. That's going to drop in just four days. Me and Gino today are getting into some players on the Eagles roster right now that their futures could be defined by who the Eagles take in the first or second round of the draft. We mentioned, you know, cornerback. If they double dip Gino, that's bad news for Avante Maddox. If they do the same thing at receiver, not a good sign for Travis Fulgham, Quez Watkins, or John Hightower. If they take a pass rusher at number 12, there goes Derek Barnett's chances, likely, of course. You know, it's not over for him, but I would doubt that he gets a second contract with the Eagles in 2022. One that we haven't mentioned yet that could be realistic based on how you said in segment two, just how the board falls. Like if there aren't receivers or corners there that are worth taking, you could move down. But what if a Penny Sewell falls? What if a Rashawn Slater falls? I really like Jordan Maialata. I think he could be your left tackle of the future. I still think there's hope for Andre Dillard. But if you take Slater or Penny Sewell, Gino, at that point, they're fighting for depth positions. Maybe you consider moving one to guard. Maybe one of them is the right tackle eventually if Lane Johnson moves on. But it, it, right now, those two are fighting for that left tackle of the future spot. And if they take Slater or Sewell, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's like one of those things. Like a couple of years ago, we're essentially talking about the same scenario we're in now that when we did all those mocks, we never thought one of those top offensive tackles was hitting Philadelphia. Right. We There was never a scenario that even crossed our minds. I don't even think we did it in a mock draft Monday. And then all of a sudden, Andre Dillard is there for you. Things change in the draft. And like we said at the edge position, if you have a guy there that's the best edge player in the draft, like you can't pass him up. That's a neat Especially with the Eagles background, dude. They eat, breathe, and sleep linemen on both sides of the ball. It's their philosophy. Yeah, they they love the trenches. You have Stoutland. If if he loves Penny Sewell at 12 and he's shouting from the rooftops, he holds a lot of weight in that building. Mm -hmm. And that is a big question mark like we don't have a legitimate answer there we we hope that jordan myelotta could be yeah, it we got hope pieces, that right yeah. dillard could be the guy but we have no surefire answer i mean you get sewell or slater yeah you have a better chance to succeed than what you have now but you're right lou that's that's one of those decisions that at 12 if he's there penny sewell is the best guy on the board at 12 any day of the week and 10 times on Thursday in two weeks from now. So you have to make that selection. I, I think that's one of those points that you look at, Lou, that it's not necessarily the biggest need, but at the same time, it's not just a want. It is right. a need. 
like, it could be a long term need. Yeah. Yes, it is a long term need when you're looking at this team in terms of uh, building for the long haul and not just the short term, like we've talked about with wide receiver and cornerback. Yeah. And this wouldn't be like taking corner a couple years ago where you have a log jam of five, six guys you're trying to figure out, you know, who they are. Right. I still think Maialata could be the guy or Dillard. I wouldn't take a lineman there unless Sewell was available, but you could make it work if Sewell was there because then Mm -hmm. Andre Dillard could be a trade chip. You can get some value back for him. This was a guy that, again, just a couple years ago, he's barely played any football, so teams would still believe there's upside there. He was a guy that the Eagles moved up for in the first round, so maybe, again, there is flexibility that you can make it work if you draft a lineman there. You could trade Dillard or keep him as depth, and Jordan Maialata has already showed that he can play multiple spots. He can play left tackle. He could play right tackle. I think he could play guard, as do you, I think, with that athleticism, getting Mm -hmm. up to the second and third level if you want to move say Amalu at some point at center this was your idea a couple months ago Maialata plays guard so those guys could be your left tackle in the future but if there's an upgrade there's still things you can do with other those other two players to get some compensation back or find roles for them so again like you said it's not the biggest need um, but the, at the same time, it could work based on value, based on best player available, and based on a potential long-term need. You could talk me into it, for sure, if Penny Sewell fell. I mean, if Devontae Smith was there, though, I, or J.C. Horn or Sertain, I'd still really like to probably take those guys. But as you said, oh, and if you we're should. talking pure rankings, Penny Sewell might be, I, I think the majority of people have Sewell higher than those guys on their big board. Oh, definitely so. And we always talk about drafting the best player available, and that's a big mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles philosophy. But it's got to make sense, time, right? And I think this could make sense, sense though. Yeah. yeah, 100%, Gino, and that's a perfect way to wrap up this edition of Locked On Eagles. Guys, we've got one more show this week, five episodes a week downloaded into your phone when you subscribe. So subscribe to Locked On Eagles on any podcast platform. Be sure to follow us on Twitter as well, at DiBiaseLOE, at GC24 underscore football, and our official show page, is at Locked on Birds. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. We'll see you tomorrow. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, and let's go Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.